Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 199, Daredevil Season 2, Episode 8, Guilty as Sin. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, uh, one of your hosts here, and today I'll be joined by Samantha later on after I'm done with this introduction. But uh, for now, um, I'm here to... Introduce the episode. This is a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But right now we are returning to the Netflix series. We are returning to Daredevil. And uh, just to give you a brief overview of what's coming here in the future, uh, we have a plan to finish up Daredevil uh, by the time we get to Spider-Man. So that'll be a nice chunk of Daredevil and then Spider-Man. And then we're going to jump into some Luke Cage stuff. And that'll carry us to Inhumans. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to cover Inhumans with their IMAX release and then also the television airings of the first two episodes that were released in IMAX theaters. But for now, we, we've got our plan, and that is to finish up Daredevil in this chunk here, in this pod, dare I call it, or whatever, um, and then Spider-Man Homecoming, and then some Luke Cage goodness. And we're going to be spreading out some of the duties and, and taking care of things and... Um, sharing uh, responsibilities and, and workload. And I think it'll make for a good summer. I think it'll make for a fun summer. Definitely a different summer than we had last summer when we weren't even sure if the podcast was going to continue. <laughs> uh, all that said, I do appreciate the people who have uh, written in and suggested maybe doing um, doing things one way, doing things another way, like splitting out and doing Netflix as its own show. Um, there's, there's reasons why I don't feel comfortable doing Netflix and Freeform as their own shows in their own feeds. And, and part of it is because we already started Netflix here. So that's, that's that. But I, what I appreciate about these suggestions is that these suggestions are coming not in the form of, you know what you really need to do. You're really doing it wrong and you need to do it this way because it's the way we think we should do it. It's coming from people who really actually care, you know, and, and they're suggesting these things, not because I'm right, you're wrong, but they're suggesting these things because, Hey, you know, have you, have you thought about doing it this way? Because we're seeing how things are, are playing out and we're seeing, you know, the workload and we're hearing your voice say, Oh man. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, all that said, I, I really do appreciate those suggestions. And um, there are things that we have thought about. And like I said, splitting things away, uh, that's, that's one thing I just don't feel comfortable with right now, um, especially since at least the plan right now is going to keep things in self-contained pockets, pods, or whatever. <laughs> I really hate that terminology that they used. Um, anyway, that's... That's me. Uh, and so I, I uh, want to just say thank you for your, your concern and thank you for your feedback on that. And so for right now, I'm going to turn things over to, well, I'm actually going to turn things over to me, um, but I'm going to turn things over to me who will be turning things over to past Ben and past Daniel talking about their 
you know, original viewing experience when they binge watched Daredevil. And then we'll come back and we'll have Samantha join me as we talk about our rewatch experience, having seen the whole series. But keep in mind, spoilers, uh, we will be talking about really anything that's happened up until this point in the MCU in general, but we will not be talking about anything that has to do with Netflix beyond this episode. I do think we might mention, because there are some specific things in this episode that get referenced later on in some Netflix stuff, but we don't mention what it is specifically or how it, how it fits in. So all that said, it's time for Past Ben and Past Daniel. Opening statements. And I guess I lied because in the time frame that it took us to play that sounder, I realized I don't have any message from past Daniel about this episode. And I went back and looked at our voicemails. And sure enough, uh, the voicemail from Daniel that was, well, I'm not going to give the date, but um, it goes from episode six to episode nine. What can I say? Uh, Daniel forgot to call in on one of these. That's okay. You know, that's okay. He's a busy man. He's an important man. He's a big man on campus or something like that. Um, or perhaps he just watched it and forgot to call in because it was late or something. doesn't matter. I mean, I've got calls from him on every single other episode here, but this one, he didn't call in. And and some of you are listening right now thinking, who is this Daniel person and why is he so important that we should be hearing from him in an actual segment and not just the feedback segment? And and the truth is, um, he is the co-founder of the podcast with me and he's, he started with me on episode one. And because of the way we structured Netflix, uh, when he had to change his schedule due to a bunch of uh, things going on in his family life as his kids are getting older and doing more things and he has to cut back in different places we were able to still have him give his voice on these episodes with Daredevil because of the way we structure these episodes where we binge watch and then leave a message saying how we felt right after watching it. We just aren't going to know what he thought about episode eight of Daredevil season two. So yeah, it's, it's okay. We are going to find out what past Ben thought though. So let's play the message and see if he's as belligerent as he has been in the past. Hello, future Ben. Hello, future Daniel, maybe. Hello, future guest, maybe. Hello, future listeners, hopefully. Uh, it's me again, past Ben, uh, present Ben to me. Uh, and I just watched Guilty as Sin, episode eight. And wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and I don't even know where to start. I only have three minutes, so I'm putting this in your hands. There's so much going on here, but I'm putting it in your hands. So where do I start? Probably in the idea of the main idea of this episode is who are you? Who are you really? Punisher gets asked that question, and he answers that question. Is he answering it with the truth? Well, it seems like there's another reason for him to answer the way he did. But he also does seem to, I mean, he... I think he really does believe that he is who he is and that he was in his right mind as he was doing all of these things. And then you have uh, Matt having to ask himself, who is he? Is he a hero? Is he a lawyer? What is, what, what's his purpose? What, who is he? Electra, who am I? Well, well, she knows who she is, but Matt doesn't know who she is. So she's revealing herself to him. So maybe that's even more the idea here. The more of the theme is revealing who you are to the people around you. Um, Matt has not revealed who he is to to uh, Karen yet, 
but she's seeing these glimpses now and they're not good glimpses. And is he really, he's failing as a lawyer. He's doing a pretty bad job being there for his friends, being there as a lawyer. Now well, he has other things going on, but you got to pick a lane, buddy. You got to pick a lane. And then the other thing, dude, this is what I warned you about, Matt. Workplace romance. It's not going to go anywhere healthy. It's not going to go anywhere safe. Although I was a little disappointed. I mean, I was kind of, the whole Karen Matt thing was kind of growing on me. And then I see this happen. So, you know, Electra, I don't, oh, she's just, she's disrupting everything. She's disrupting everything. But she's also being disrupted a little bit herself by Matt and what he is doing. It's almost, you know, the, the thing is, and I would say this to Matt, and I would say this to Electra right now, it is much easier to pull someone off of a chair than to pull them up onto the chair. That's Matt's job. He has to pull her up onto the chair. But she's down on the floor, and she's pulling him down off the chair. Uh, good to see the return of two pretty amazing actors to their roles. Good to see Kingpin. Good to see Stick. This is nice. This is very good. Uh, I, I think that's all I really have to say. Uh, other than this, future Ben, who are you, really? Who are you? Huh? I'm just going to leave it at that. Wow. So, um, while I struggle with this existential crisis that has just cropped up where the me of the past has questioned the identity of the me of the future, uh, I don't know where to go with that. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm stunned. I'm 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 struggling now. What do I do next? Who am I? Who was I? Who will I be? Well, I don't know, but I am going to pass on the conversation now to the me of the future. I don't know. Time travel is hard. Time travel is hard. Anyway, um here, uh, <laughs> Samantha is now going to join me as we discuss this episode of Daredevil Season 2. Case evidence. All right, so it is time to discuss the episode, and that means I have been joined by Agent Samantha, or Ninja and Training Samantha, or, <laughs> or not crazy, but Cat Lady Samantha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not going to put you in crazy cat lady category, but definitely cat lady because your cat's in there with you right now. Is that right? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I, I rarely hear the cat. I'll, I'll be honest. I I know there's times you've talked about it, and I'll be. I didn't even notice. Um, I did just hear. Is it a boy or a girl? Yeah, I, I did just hear it just now. But yeah, be before we started recording, I heard it. So yeah. So speaking of uh, quiet as a cat, <laughs> we got some ninja action going on in this episode. Yes. Um, so I, uh, I've got kind of four or five different sections of plot I want us to talk about, and and we'll we'll uh, we'll cover that. We'll just talk about the plot real quick, and then we'll talk about what happened there and, and some of the ideas that are are coming out of this. Um, but I kind of broken this out into not it's not quite five acts because. The timeline from the episode, I, I I did switch some things around to put down, like some trial stuff altogether and some some fight stuff altogether. But um, this picks up right where we left off at the hole <laughs> under the building. <laughs> um, 
that hole where nobody just, what's this hole there for? What is this? And, you know, it reminded me this time around of a Flintstones cartoon that it actually, this Flintstones cartoon made me scared when I was real little because there's like some caveman gangsters, you know, and they have their little uh, stone shooting guns and, and they are near a bottomless pit and they're threatening to throw Fred and Barney in this bottomless pit and they drop a rock and you never hear it hit. And I just remember as a kid being so scared and it was the Flintstones. Like oh, wow. nothing bad happens on the Flintstones, but I was convinced that they could fall down that hole and then they would never stop falling. And what a, can you imagine <laughs> like you're just falling and you never stop? Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah, it is yeah. terrifying. So little Benji Avery was terrified of Flintstones for a brief moment in his little, little life. But I'm now, so sorry, Benji. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was way past Ben. That's, you know, past Benji is what, what he was. But <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we start the, the episode um, in near, near the pit, but we're starting our discussion in the courtroom because uh, all the Matt, Electra and stick stuff, I wanted to keep that all together. And, so I wanted to start with Foggy and Karen in the cat in the court in the cat room. <laughs> in the, no, that that's that's my house, the cat room. Yeah, in, in the courtroom, and Matt is not there again. And so they have Colonel. I keep wanting to call him Kurgan, uh, but it's Schoonover, um, and he's Kurgan from the first Highlander movie. I don't know if you ever, ever um. saw that, but. Yeah, I, I didn't like the Highlander. I, I didn't like that movie for some reason. Yeah, I remember I just, watching that and over and over again because it's on rotation, like afternoon TV, as as one of those old movies that's just on you know the random channels that aren't a network channel. And uh, so we had we didn't have cable. We had five channels. We had the three networks, and then we had the Fox Channel, which wasn't really a network for a while, but then it became one. But they always had you know movies at eight o'clock and on the week nights and then on the weekends there's movies all afternoon and so i take my little black and white tv up in my room and watch highlander (laughs) it was the coolest thing um anyway he's colonel schoonover who is actually a character from the comics and he was a commanding officer uh, with frank castle and but he was corrupt and uh we'll, we'll talk more about him later but right now he's a character witness and he tells a story that portrays Frank Castle as this hero who would gladly give his life for others. And in cross-examination, they say, you might not have all the details to that story you just told. And Schoonover says, oh, I, I, I was there. I was the idiot commander who got everyone in trouble. And Frank is the guy who saved everyone. And, and then Foggy starts exploring uh, Castle's head injury, a head wound that causes him to relive his tragedy over and over and over again, according to their expert witness. It's perpetual and emotional chaos. Um, but the the trial gets interrupted because as the witness steps down, uh, a boy stands up and starts yelling about how Castle killed his dad. And so that's not a, not a good thing. And Castle's actually troubled by this. And Karen tries to get Castle to take the stand after that outburst because they, they need to get him up there. And Foggy wants to know, why are we helping him? <laughs> and so then after Karen has convinced Castle to actually take the stand, she has to convince Foggy to put Castle on the stand. Uh, and Foggy will do it, but he wants Matt 
to actually do that part of the trial. So they need to get Matt. Um, so that's all the, the pre-Matt stuff for the trial. And uh, I guess let's start with Schoonover. What do you think of the story he tells about, about Frank and, and what happened uh, when he got the – oh, I can't remember what award he got. It's the Iron Cross. Like no, that. I think Iron Cross is a British award. Am I wrong? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a it's a he got a, a an award that I should have written down in my notes, but it was a, it was okay. for valor. It was it it was uh yeah you know and uh, what do you, what do you think of the story though? You've got this commander who gives orders and they follow the orders and Frank doesn't think they should have done that thing, but the orders were given anyway. And then to, you know, they get pinned down. The landing zone is compromised and Frank single handedly stops the bad guys, whoever they're fighting uh, from, cause it's top secret classified. Um, but he, he stops them. The helicopter is able to come down and everyone gets out alive. Um, actually, I think, um, uh, Colonel Schoonover says that, that, um, Frank killed like 30 some people of the enemy. I mean, and so this just shows that he was well trained by the military to kill by himself a lot of people at once. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, this is what they 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 trained him to do this, uh, but I don't think that they realized who they were training to do this. Like, right? With his, I mean, this portrays to me a man who is, um, yeah, noble, sure, and right. heroic, sure, but also single minded, and uh, and very very skilled. And, right. You know. They created in training him exactly the kind of person that they would want on the field. Um, and now he's home and he's using what he can do well. It's the whole Wolverine, I'm the best at what I do, but what I do ain't very pretty, you know. And yeah. Um, I think um, I can't speak for everybody in the military, but I, I know that there are a lot of people that when they when their enlistment is up and they get out of the military, they, especially if they've been in, in a serious war zone, they're not quite sure how they fit in anymore. And, um, I think during that time, um, when Frank's family died, he may have, well, no, that's not true because back in the graveyard when he was talking with Daredevil, he did sort of have this ability to to drop that 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 marine. He was a marine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to drop that marine facade and become dad again, mm-hmm. and to become husband again. So, I don't think he was he was necessarily done with his enlistment or or his commission, um, but. There are a lot of people in the military, military that when they come home, they're not sure who they are anymore and how they fit into civilian life. Yeah, and and that's not just the military where you have a situation like that. It's it's just with the military, it is a very very, um, it's more obvious. You know, right. I mean, e- even I mean, this is this is 
a silly example, but it, it's it's that kind of thing where um, you know I write comic books and I just finished a really major project and I don't have a project ahead of me right now. And there was actually I'm I'm, I'm thinking I you know I'm, I'm so used to thinking of myself as comic book writer, you know, and then all of a sudden I don't have any comic books to write. And what does that mean about? who I am and, and how to label myself. And, um, you know, it's goofy. It's, it's a little bit silly. It's, 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 you know, goofy existential crisis. If you want to, <laughs> um, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a human condition, but it's definitely, um, exasperated by the situations that, that men and women who are, are actually in battle and in, in, um, those high stress situations uh, and again, not just military, but also um, police and um, fire firefighters and just these people get put on the front lines in these places where they're taking care of situations that, you know, humans <laughs> uh, aren't necessarily emotionally ready for. And, yeah. And it's one of those, that's why, that's why Veterans Day is so important is, you know, to be able to say to people, Hey, thank you for doing these things for me that I could never do, you know, or that, right. um, you know, so that I don't have to, or so that we can, you know, have our, our life the way we have it. And so anyway. Right. Oh, I understand what you mean. Um, I had a similar experience. Um, first time I moved away from home, um, I moved away to college 200 miles away from home, and then the first time I came back to visit, my bedroom was filled with, instead of my stuff, filled with boxes, and I just realized I don't really have a home here anymore. <laughs> and I and I, I remember just crying because I don't fit in here anymore. I'm not, there's no place for me at home anymore, so, yeah. They, they turned your room into a storage room? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Well, it was supposed to be like temporarily storage. They later turned it into an office, and now it's a bedroom again. Yeah, I remember when when uh, my parents moved, and uh, it was after I left home. But then they moved to a house that didn't have any extra bedrooms. <laughs> oh like, no! Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's official, you know. But anyway, um, so the other situation you have here is that Foggy doesn't even want to do this trial. He is just, he doesn't even want to be in the situation. And he's actually being forced to do well. And he's doing well. He's doing a good job. But his argument with uh, Karen is that, you know, there are things that Matt does well and there are things that I do well. And this is the thing. This is one of those things. If you put Castle on the, on the stand, we want Matt doing it. And so Karen's going to have to go and get Matt and figure out what's going on because he's just – he's not showing up. He's really letting that part of his life slide. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my I was watching it this afternoon with my boyfriend and, and I was exp- – and he has yet to see season two. <sighs> <laughs> And uh, I was explaining to him um, what was going on here and um, and the complications of how my, Matt's not wor- showing up to work and 
he's dating Karen, but he's really putting their relationship in danger. And yeah, <laughs> he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> no. Well, what is he supposed is. to be doing here? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's this is where you have that dual superhero thing. And that's where a lot of your superhero conflict comes from is the turmoil of, you know, your regular life, the regular life that other people you, you share with regular people uh, gets put on hold and, and uh, you know, Superman can navigate it a little bit better because he's super fast and he's able to do a double date at the same time as Clark Kent and Superman. Cause he's able to you know switch so quickly. Um, but then you have things like, you know, Spider-Man misses in class and you have things like Daredevil not showing up for the trial of the century. And one of the most important trials, not just, you know, socially in the city, but for him and not just career wise. But I mean, this is important because of who he is and what he does, uh, which is another reason why I think Foggy wants him on the stand, you know, doing the the, the cross-examination or whatever with, with uh, Frank is because who you are and yeah. So where is he? I, well, <laughs> he was fighting Ninja <laughs> <laughs> outside of a great big giant hole inside of a great big, you know, cavernous building. Um, I mean, this is where the, the episode starts is, you know, last episode, they, they ended it with Ninja coming and we have a big fight with Ninja and they lose the fight when it's just the two of them and they both get hurt. But Stick arrives and saves their lives. And then they're chased by Ninja across Hell's Kitchen in Stick's classic car. And uh, Stick's really good with a crossbow, even though you can't see. But uh, Electra is dying in the back seat and they have to get her to Matt's place where Stick can save her life from the ninja poison and... And then after he saves her life from the ninja poison, Stick accidentally on purpose lets it slip that he knows Electra and has for a while. And then we get some backstory about the war that Stick has been talking about so much, which is, you know, everything is about the war. And we find out that in ancient times there was all these warlords and one group finds a treasure that's the secret to immortality and bringing the dead back to life and that group spreads across Asia and start calling themselves the hand and they're looking for the perfect weapon the black sky and their big mistake was that they made enemies including the chaste who pull together warriors to fight the hand and that's the war that they are in oh and by the way Elector works for stick <laughs> so yeah yeah and stick may be the chaste you I I wondered that. I don't think he is. I, I think he's maybe taken over for the chase. Now, I don't I haven't read any of the comics about this, but in comics, that's a thing. The chase is kind of the hands uh, enemy. And it was led by this immortal super martial artist guy who I think used to be hand, but then was kicked out. So he created the chase and then he was kicked out again. And that's where stick gets involved and. And that, but. Uh, well, I think I think Matt's asks him directly are you in this scenario you're the chaste right and stick does not reply right and the way he tells the story too about you know they killed this village and there was one boy who got a knife and who fought them and killed a bunch of them and then he's the one who put together this enemy faction for the hand 
Well, the way he described pulling the knife from his dead mother's chest. I mean, that's, that's a, there was a lot of pain and passion in it in mm-hmm. the way he described it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not yeah. convinced he's not the chaste or, you know, the, I mean, he's stick, but right. Um, I'm not convinced he's not that kid, but I'm also not convinced he is. I think that that's meant to be vague and mysterious. And, right. Yeah. Cause you know, what is stick, but, vague and mysterious and that's true (laughs) kind of mean (laughs) yeah he's not a good guy really when it comes right down to it he's he's not good in the moral sense like matt is he's good at the war you know and he's good at pulling people into his circle and that's a you know a big part of the confrontation with matt and and stick is that you you're just this war, you use it as an excuse to hurt people and you pull people in to get hurt and to hurt other people. <laughs> so after that conversation, Matt confronts Electra. Was I a mission? You know, or was I, you know, was this real or was I a mission? And this is where Electra says, yep, you were a mission. Stick wanted you back and I was sent to get you. But then I did the one thing I promised I'd never do. I fell in love with you. And... <laughs> That conversation gets interrupted because <laughs> this is where Stick shows he's not just, you know, single minded about the war. He's also kind of a big jerk because <laughs> you hear the door and all of a sudden the door to the bedroom opens where Matt is talking to Electra and there's Karen. Stick let her in. Yeah. <laughs> Stick just let her in. And, and she's rightfully so shaken. By what she sees, there's this wounded woman in Matt's bed. Matt's alone in the room with her. And then there's this weird guy out in the living room who's letting her in. It's weird. And there's really no good explanation. Uh, And I don't even know where your imagination would go if you walked in on that scene. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you as a woman, if I walked in and that and my I saw that um, there was this weird guy in my bo- boyfriend's living room and there was a woman who obviously is injured in his bed. I'd be like, what is going on here? I mean, I, I'd be like, is there a fair going on? But no, there's this guy in here. Can't be right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's all these added elements. On, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there's also the obvious chemistry that's just sparks, the obvious sparks that are flying between him and Electra. I mean, she, it, yeah. Yeah. So, she delivers her message. Foggy needs you. And then she's out of there. <laughs> oh, that guy, uh, stick. Yeah. So this is where he proves, you know what? I am an agent of chaos to just be a jerk in your life. Yeah. And maybe also so much chaos that your regular life is something that will, you know, if you're not going to leave it, maybe I can make it leave you. And, right. And it kind of um, works. Really? Well, Stick doesn't want Matt to have a personal life. No, so no, not at all. Yeah. Why not sabotage it while he's at it, you know? Yeah. I, and, and that's just it, is if he has this personal life, then Matt can't have the singular purpose of the war. And, right. uh, and it's the same thing with Electra too. And now we'll get into that conversation later, but it's the same thing where, you know, I need you. I need you 100%. And if you fall in love with this Matt guy, you promised you wouldn't do it, but you did. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> that's gonna be a problem. So 
it's now this is dramatic. I mean, there's some good stuff happening here. You got the whole thing where I need this, 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 this. I, I need baking soda and I need toilet bowl cleaner. And like, what do you need this for? Well, I need the baking soda to neutralize the acid in the toilet bowl cleaner. And I also need some tea. And the, the tea is yeah. for him to drink after it's all done, which, you know, you, it's the cliche, you know, but he, he does it though. I mean, he does all this stuff and saves her, but this is where, you know, this is how he lets it slip. I've known her to get through much worse. And right. You know, it, he, it wasn't an accident. He's everything's calculated with him. And as much as I love the actor who's playing him, I really hate stick in this episode. <laughs> I really do. And I think we're well, supposed who to. Does? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're supposed to. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to hate him. Um, Right. But but I do. Yeah. I do. I do have a question about the scene where he's um, taking care of her wounds with all the chemicals. Uh, what was it that he pulled out of Electra? I, I think he might have pulled like the end of like an arrow or something. I don't know. I don't okay, know. It was, it was hard to see on my iPad when I was watching it. Um, because my iPad screen was very, very dirty. There's a bright light coming through the window and those scenes are dark. And so it's just kind of this, it was, it was hard to see, but yeah, I, I think it was the end of the weapon that poisoned her. Okay. Cause she was stabbed, but it wasn't that she was, well, it wasn't that she was stabbed. She was sliced in the belly. Oh. And as far as I remember, the blade stayed intact. I mean, those, those Japanese blades are not made to easily shatter. It takes years th- to make those kinds of blades. So... Well, maybe there was or, another, or months. another arrow so, or something. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was like a quick shot of her being of something that was taken out for time or yeah. however. Or or maybe I just, I mean, we both just missed it or something because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Um, right. One thing I loved about this though, and, and I'll hand it to Stick. You know, he, 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 he nailed some truth here, um, where you have a situation where she's not doing well and maybe she's going to die. But Matt says, can you save her? And stick says, not before I make her worse. And you know, that's, that's a life lesson right there. There, there are times when, uh, you know, the unfortunate reality is you have to, as you're pushing through something, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. And and uh-huh. actually the making it worse is helping it get better. And you know, so for all of his problems that I have with him, he at least, you know, gave me one little nugget of truth that So I, I kept trying to figure out what archetype does he fill? Does he fill the the old wise man? Yes, but he's also somewhat of an antagonist for for Matt as well. So well, he's just, he's a lot like Punisher, honestly. I, I just thought of it, but he's a lot like Punisher. He has a righteous cause destroying the hand before they destroy the world or whatever with their secret weapons. Um, but but he he's also up, killing a lot of young men's fathers yeah, at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 
of course, in this series, we don't get to get to know, you know, the, the ninja behind the masks, but, <laughs> um, but we actually, you know, we will, and the hand is not good, uh, here. They, they, they are doing a lot of killing and they're, they're murdering murderers who murder and stick is fighting fire with fire just in a lot of ways this is the same way as as punisher so that's i hadn't thought about that but yeah there he is mm. he's a jerky jerk who's acting like a jerk that's yeah but he's good at what he does and what he does isn't very pretty so yeah i'm still not sure what the black sky is entirely but as he's explaining it, he does mention uh, Matt sa- does, says that he doesn't believe that um, people can reach immortality. And then Stick retorts, <laughs> "Doesn't your entire belief system hang on one man pulling that off?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, I love this show because it it seriously involves religion. <laughs> yeah. Although in this case, it's definitely like taking a jab at him for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But again, but, that's stick. I mean, that yeah, that's that's stick using a real world ideology in a way that stick would do it. You know, hey man, I'm 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 not gonna just let this lie. I'm gonna take one more jab at you about right about this. Um, and then we see Matt praying, actively praying. Yeah, well, I mean, he's yeah, he's a good Catholic. I mean, he he's not a Catholic in name only. Where he, that's what my family was, so that's what I am. He, he he acts on it, and he you know, when he visits the priest, he's not visiting just because, oh, you know, I need to talk to someone and, and priests listen. But he actually goes because he he does. He's the way that they've portrayed him here is that's actually what he believes, and it's nice right. to see it's nice to see a character of faith who's in a, a good light and who's you know realistic because people of faith have doubts. You know, and and people of faith do question things and wonder about things, and people of faith do stupid stuff sometimes. At least exactly. I do. You know, I mean, I, yes. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I'm kind of speaking for everyone. You know, <laughs> basically because you know humans do stupid stuff. If you're a human, you've done some stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, and I mean that's that's very universal. You do stupid stuff, you make mistakes, and then you learn from them. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, and hopefully Matt is learning from his mistakes because he's making some here. And, yeah. uh, and so you, you end this kind of conversation where, uh, Electra, why are you so good? I'm not good. There's a light inside you that I tried to snuff out. I'm so glad I failed and we can all get along and you'll you, you make me good. Well, <laughs> we'll find out what happens there, but. Uh, anything else with uh, this round of Matt, Electra, and Stick before we move on to, uh, well, the next round of the trial? Well, as you were paraphrasing it, you know, what are, I mean, there's also, a, this goes, um, you know, in identity, what are we? Are we the choices we make or are we what we are in our nature? Yes. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's the answer. I think is we yeah. we we are and and yeah th- this this uh, that question that you're 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 asking there is really played out in Electra. Um, 
but also it, it plays out in, in, in Frank Castle too, I think. Right. And well, over, over the entire series, I would say it's, it's played out and all the characters yeah. or even more broadly, the entire MCU or, you know, just life yeah. in general. If you're a human, you've made choices <laughs> and, uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but, um, I'm kind of speaking for everyone. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about the trial then. Matt okay. comes to the trial and hooray, Matt, for taking care of responsibilities. <laughs> and, Good. Yeah. But Karen won't let him apologize. The courtroom is a circus and Foggy is just like, I just want you to do this because you're crazy, just like him. You're not here because you're a better lawyer than me or a better person than me. You're here because you're as crazy as that dude over there. And we need to just win this so we can put him in the loony bin where he belongs. And so they bring in Castle and a guard tells Castle, think about what you want, Frank. And so Castle starts not really cooperating. And Matt asks if he can treat him as hostile. He gives this long speech that basically comes down to New York needs these people. New York needs heroes. New York needs hope. But and, and Castle was one of those guys, but he went further than he should. But he's righteous in his cause and blah, blah, blah. But then Castle just goes completely off script and has his own monologue and speech that comes down to I'm not crazy. I know who I am. I don't need your help. I did it because I liked it. I did it because I loved it. I am the Punisher and I'm guilty. And so that's the end of the trial, really. <laughs> and outside, Foggy and Karen abandon Matt because he's no good. He lost the case. Karen doesn't want to know anything about what's going on. She doesn't care. She says, you're right. Uh, New York need, needs heroes and you're not one of them. And Ouch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about bringing your hero to the worst possible place, the lowest point in storytelling, uh, this is a pretty low point for him. There is something that very, that's very significant that happens when, um, Matt starts questioning Frank during the trial. What's that? Um, Matt says to him, Frank, may I call you Frank? And there's something in Frank's face that you can see. He recognizes that phrase. He recognizes the voice. Because Daredevil said the same thing to him on that rooftop. Frank, may I call you Frank? Even before this, though, I right. think there's something in Frank's face when he sees Matt and realizes. Because he figured out that Daredevil was blind. And yeah. And so I think it, the may I call you Frank was really the equal sign as he's putting two and two together. And yeah, and I don't know if he actually knows it, knows it, but his radar, you know, his, 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 uh, his radar sense has been activated. And, and knowing Frank and his military history and his instincts, I'm sure he, you know, he realizes that, you know, something's not right here. And basically in that big monologue that Matt gives, He's repeating a lot of the things that he said on that rooftop. That the city needs heroes and yeah. we need to protect these people and and such. And he needs help and we need to help him. Um, right. But you could also look at that whole monologue 
as Matt justifying himself to Foggy. Right. In fact, he ends the monologue looking at Foggy, you know, as if he is addressing Foggy directly with all this stuff that he's talking about. And it's, it's, uh, again, I, I love that they're really using his secret identity as a lawyer in the show. You know, he is, he's, he's lawyering, you know, he's, <laughs> he's doing it. And, that's that's good. Uh, you know, good good Superman stories often will use Clark Kent as a reporter as, as some of the inciting incidents. And the same with Spider-Man with with uh, Peter Parker as a student or Peter Parker as a photographer. And um, when you're able to find ways to put these character elements together really well, uh, even though with Daredevil season two, it does feel like maybe they're not as focused as they were with season one. Uh, because there are so many th- moving parts, all the moving parts to me feel like they're moving together. Uh, at least at this point, you know, we, we have Electra and stick and there's some weird stuff going on with Ninja. And then you also have the Punisher stuff going on at the same time. Um, but they, the way that these things happen, you know, it's, it's a TV show. We've got multiple plot elements, plot threads that we're, that we're looking at and following. And uh, I, I like that they're, you know, clearly chasing the lawyer side of things with him. It's yes. Cause like, say my boyfriend kept comparing daredevil to Batman. Unlike Batman, you really don't get to see the Bruce Wayne side that much. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean the Batman, the, the Bruce Wayne side is, you know, there's the argument, you know, is Batman, pretending to be Bruce Wayne or is Bruce Wayne dressing up as Batman. And uh, a lot of True. times the, the Bruce Wayne stuff is a costume for the Batman to hide in out in the real world and, and find the things he needs to find and, and do the things that Batman couldn't do with his mask on. Um, but also it's not as interesting in some ways, at least when they're just playing up the money side of things, you know, he's just a rich guy, you know, and yeah, how, you know, you can tie some of that in and they did a decent job with, with, uh, the, the Nolan movies of board meetings and, you know, those kind of things. Uh, they did a decent job of it, but when it comes right down to it, um, Oh, we're going to have more board meetings in, in Netflix. I mean, we haven't gotten obviously to iron fist yet, but there's board meetings in iron fist spoiler, <laughs> but, but they do have board meetings. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all I will say right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk then about Foggy and Karen. Okay. I I can't decide if I'm mad at them. You know, quote unquote mad. I mean, I'm really not mad at them. But uh, I feel really bad for Matt. I mean, they really let him have it. And yes, he deserves it. But... They're trying to hurt him. They they aren't just saying, you let us down again, and it's not okay. And, you know, they are actively trying to hurt him with the words that they're, they're really trying to cut with their words. And I guess I, I, I don't know. I really feel for Matt. And I don't know if it's just the mood I'm in today or what, but <laughs> I just really feel bad. And I don't feel very bad for Foggy and Karen. And I should. I mean, Foggy is put in a place where he 
doesn't even want to defend this guy, but he has to. He just wants to be done with it, and then he's forced to take lead on it. And Karen's been put in a situation where her boyfriend. I mean, we've already talked about the the scene that she walked in on, but yeah, um, yeah, it's something is going on with her boyfriend, and she's not sure what. So, and it's bad. Yeah. It's not yeah. just she's not sure what. It's bad, and she brings up these possibilities: alcoholic, fight club, sleeping around. <laughs> And none of them come close to the reality. It's all bad. But. Well, I think Fight Club is pretty darn close. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) It's just on his side, it's not that organized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's swing back over to... uh, to uh, Matt, Stick, and Electra. Stick and Electra are in Matt's apartment, and she doesn't want to be with him. She wants to be with Matt, and they have this argument. You know, Stick says Matt's soft, made you soft. You can't change who you are. But she says Matthew thinks I can, and I believe him. And and she threatens him, and he leaves. And but he leaves with some really again words that that are meant to to hurt and one of the things he says is what do you think he'll say when he finds out what you are Mm. that's not good um it's very ominous for us the viewer and it really makes her angry and then he leaves and then he says he's going to get the band together again (laughs) enough of these amateurs and as he leaves there's a ninja on the roof and matt arrives he comes home Electra's waiting for him alone and Asks, how do we make this work? You and me, can we make this work? You know, um, and he leaves her to get some rest and a ninja shoots an arrow through his chest and we get a ninja battle. And then we see it's just a kid. And next thing you know, he's dead and Electra did it. And Matt is really not doing well after that battle. And that's where we leave it, is he's dying in her arms, almost. I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> must have been something you said. And what is it she said? This is who I am. Do you still want me? As she's covered in blood. Uh. Which, it's a striking image, too, because she's wearing the you know this white shirt. Uh, and it's just splattered with the blood of the guy that she killed. Right. Yeah, so there we are. This is Matt and Electra's relationship. <laughs> you know, uh, as you were describing that, I realized there's a lot of secrets that have been kept from Matt, from uh, Foggy and Karen, from even, you know, from Stick, you know, or, you know, take it as you will. It's. There's a lot of uh, confusion and conflict just simply because people are not being honest with each other, which is really a driving point for drama. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot of drama that the story would just be done if (laughs) it would just at the beginning, someone would say, hey, by the way, (laughs) you know, here's the here's here's the thing. And it's this is the truth. And then, oh, well, let's let's work at fixing that and, and making it better. And then 
it's not as, as exciting as uh, Matt not telling Karen anything about the, the reality of his life and um, Electra not telling Matt about all the stuff with stick and yeah, but they all are just keeping secrets. I mean, Karen has her secrets. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and uh, Matt's keeping secrets from Foggy, who does know one big secret, but he doesn't know exactly the details of what's going on. Right. Or wait, did or did Foggy ask he or specifically say that he doesn't want to know he, what's going on? I mean, he kind of has an idea of who's come back and, and all that kind of thing, but he, yeah, he, he doesn't know everything. And okay, I think Foggy might be the only person without any secrets. <laughs> really i mean i'm sure he has some like um you know he who knows he he, he plays the accordion I yeah don't know. exactly yeah yeah <laughs> or he likes uh yeah he likes to write bad poetry or something like that when no one's around and or maybe he likes or to he read like... bad poetry when no one's around <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just a really big fan of anne of green gables you know <laughs> So he's watching the Netflix series. Is that what you're saying? Right. <laughs> and with an E. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yet another Netflix series we're going to reference and maybe talk about too much. But <laughs> I haven't watched it. Don't have any plans in the near future. But yeah. yeah, I like it. But if you want your children to watch it, I suggest that you watch it every watch the show first before you show your children because um, there are probably there will be questions brought up by them about a lot of the subjects that they they cover so so yeah so away from Anne of Green Gables and, yes. <laughs> and back to Frank Castle yes um, <laughs> polar we, opposites yeah we, we end yeah. this whole situation where we kind of find out what was going on. The whole idea where the, the, the guard says, remember what oh, you oh, want. Oh, oh. oh sorry. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of secrets, the last thing Stick says when he gets into that car was time to get the band back together. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea from reading the comics who the so-called band is? I think it's the Chased. I think it's his. The, the Chased. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's his allies in the war against the hand. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say that's kind of fun, and this is, I mean, we've already talked about this a little bit. I don't remember details of what happens in this season of of Daredevil. And so this rewatch, it's as it's happening, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But these little things like this, I don't remember. And yeah, so I can't even remember Stick Comes Back. In, in in the season, so mm. yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Don't because I don't remember, and I'm I'm really really happy not to remember. Okay. So. Okay, so Castle, he's okay. in prison. The guy who whispered to him takes him and walks him through the prison. Another guard shuts off some security cameras, and he's taken to a recreation yard where he meets Wilson Fisk. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. end of the episode great ending for the episode uh and you if you're watching the credits you might notice that his name was not up front but at the end they say special guest star vincent nafrio as as 
Wilson Fisk or Kingpin or whatever they, they say in the credits. But uh, yeah. that was one thing. It happens a lot. And it's, uh, it's because of uh, the Screen Actors Guild has specific guidelines about when people's names are supposed to appear in credits and stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but there was an episode of Star Trek Next Generation where they had a guest star and they didn't want anyone to know that the character was going to be in that episode but they couldn't do anything about it because that na- that that person was in enough of the episode to need to be up front with the rolling credits that are going along with the beginning of the show and the same thing happened with agents of shield uh where every once in a while there'll be a guest star and you can see oh well i guess this guy's going to be in the episode today and <laughs> it, you can't get around it and it can't be a surprise for you um that, for example, General Talbot is going to be in there or whatever. But, right. Yeah. But this one didn't know because it wasn't up front. And they had a, that first credit. It's the first credit that comes as they cut to credits. But, yeah, there he is. That imposing frame of a man and his voice. And he wants to meet. I mean, the, this is... You know, why are they meeting? Why do they want to meet? I don't know, but they've both been waiting for this moment and we <laughs> have to wait until next episode to find out what this moment's about. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really scary before you even know it's Fisk looking at how much he's, how much iron he's pumping. Mm-hmm. It's like well over 500 pounds. If I'm not, if I'm correct. Yeah. Well, the dude's a big guy and he's really strong. He held his own against Matt. Yeah. When they when they fought one on one and that's always been a thing for him in the comics as well, is that he's uh he's, he's big, big and he's tough. But it's like his body muscles are so big and strong, but they form themselves on his body to look like he's fat. Right, yeah. And uh I I remember that from the Spider Man animated series from from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just huge and strong and very hard opponent to beat. Yeah. And, and was able to hold his own against Spider-Man. And, right. Yeah. So it's, they do, I mean, this Vincent D'Onofrio, he, he's perfect and he is mm-hmm. just the right amount of menace and the right amount of, um, intimidation and this body frame. He's not a small man. I mean, he's, he's got this large frame, that has this strong body hung on it. You know, it's, it's, he's perfect. He's perfect. And so nice to see him again. Yeah. Uh, and a great actor too. I mean, cause season one, there are times you just feel symp- so sympathetic to him, but also scared of him. Right. <laughs> well, the, the big theme theme in this this episode for me was identity. And you have this whole identity with Electra who she's for a moment she feels like she could change and then realizes, nope, I can't. This is who I am. Do you still want me? And Matt doesn't want her anymore, mainly because he's dying. When he stops dying, maybe he'll he'll be able to answer the question better. But for right now, he's <laughs> dying. He's not really thinking about do I want this woman or not? Uh, Punisher, I the feeling I get from him is he just doesn't want to change. And now some of that speech for him, which is great. I mean, when he's just ranting and going off, some of it's an act. 
you know, he's choosing to do this so he can right. get into the place where he needs to get. But you also kind of get this feeling that, you know, he knows right from wrong and he's choosing this. He doesn't want to change. And then you have Matt whose identity is split and he can't balance it. And so that's another. And there's other things we've talked about here. But the one thing I wanted to really dive into a little bit was the way that story creates identity. And this is part of, uh, you know, they talk about how when you remember something, your mind is rewriting your memory. As you remember something, your mind is rewriting it for you. And so you're actually able to change your memory and add things in or forget things. And so what do you have here? You have Schoonover telling the story, creating the story for the people of who Frank Castle is. And that story is creating his, you know, Frank Castle's identity for the people in the courtroom. Some of them are receptive to it. Others are not. Um, you know, as far as the district attorney goes, she's hearing the story and she's like, how do I fight against this? He is a veteran who is, who did this thing, this amazing thing. And her only hope is that maybe Schoonover lied or exaggerated because he wasn't there. And he's just telling the, the myth like the way people used to talk about May as the cavalry. Um, and then you have Matt and Karen. And Karen is writing stories in her head about who Matt is. She doesn't know him. So his identity is being rewritten in her mind. And Stick is telling stories about you know the chase and about the war. And his stories are meant to write him as a hero. And to write him as as the the you know the savior uh, of of the world because he's he's standing up against the hand and um and it's the kind of thing we do for ourselves too where we we write these stories in our head of who am I I am a victim here or I am you know the only person who can help or you know we we write these stories in our mind creating ourselves and rewriting you know, these, these events in our head to, oh yeah, I'm the one who should have gotten that award or, you know, different things like that. So I, I found that to be an interesting thing as I was thinking about like, what is this, this episode about? That's what it was about for me. So that's, that's my story <laughs> and I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Now, Jenny, any, any other final thoughts here then about, about this episode from you? Well, there's also the, um, you were talking about identity. There's also the identity of Daredevil in the public's eye. Mm -hmm. There have been times where he's been painted as a villain. Um, other times he's been painted as a hero. But he's a hero in a devil costume. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I mean, I mean, talk about theology. I mean, you can really talk about, especially with uh, Catholicism, talk about, you know... Uh, that, you know, we're all sinners just trying our hardest to do our best. Yeah. Well, and, and he's embraced that identity. I mean, that's an identity right. that was written for him in some ways. And he's embraced it now by actually saying, yeah, you know what? Let's just put the horns on the head. You know, I, <laughs> let's just leave it there. And, and let's make it, you know, if they're going to call me the devil. Yeah. You know, because criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. And <laughs> I'm, I'm the devil coming after them. And. But he's, yeah, and he's doing these things that are not devilish, you know, uh, Punisher would be more, you know, 
well, even even Punisher. I mean, he's Punisher is only going after quote unquote evil people, scumbags, uh, people who have hurt other people or killed other people, and and will not stop and cannot be stopped because the justice system can't go far enough to really go after them. You know, but yeah, I mean, Matt is clearly, you know, he's a good guy trying to do good things and he's drawn good lines for himself. He, I mean, they lost the battle. Actually, maybe you can clarify this for me. I might've missed it, but it seemed to me like they lost that beginning battle with the ninja partially because Electra's about to kill a ninja. Daredevil says, no, Electra. She gets distracted and gets hit. Right, yes. And then he isn't able to to hold his own without her. And the ba- the battle is lost because of his mercy for, you know, this enemy ninja. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how she got hurt. He he distracted her. Um, that's that's not a devilly thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And and, and Punisher too. I mean, Punisher is someone who would sacrifice himself for other people. That's that's not a devilly thing, but at the same time, they're crossing lines, and, and what lines are they allowed to cross before they are on the side of the devils? So, yeah, it's there's some great questions. I, I don't feel like they address the great questions as great in season two of Daredevil so far, but. They're close. Yeah. Um, also, um, I I was a little amused. Like, why on earth in this day and age would anyone use a bow and arrow <laughs> <laughs> in Manhattan or <laughs> in New York City? Because they're ninja. Well, I, uh, there's also and a practicality to it too. <laughs> yeah, it's quiet. I mean, for I mean. Uh, um, Daredevil would track where they're coming from, but for the normal, for most people, they might not be able to track where the arrow is coming from unless they look at, you know, the line of the arrow. But when they were moving around in that car, you really couldn't do that because the car was moving. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> the car's moving. They're trying to get away. Yeah, let's yeah. let's really face the facts here. I mean, this is a show yeah. about ninja. And ninja with guns, that's kind of cool. But ninja yeah. with bow and arrow, it's that's really even better. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little it's, bit more. I mean, it, sorry, it, it sounds weird for me to say this, but it, it's a little bit more romantic. Yeah, it's a little bit more throwback. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think All we right. should uh, wrap this part up, and we've got one piece of feedback. So okay. let's let's get into that. Okay. Witness testimony. Okay, so this is one bit of feedback from Agent Jeffrey, but it is a bit of feedback that covers four episodes of Daredevil. And these are quick, quick shot notes. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm just going to read through them and, you know, there's, yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. So here it goes. This, okay. this again reminds me of the way Daniel. Uh, posts uh, Daniel Butcher posts uh, comments on the Facebook post f- about a podcast episode. 
this is better than that. I mean, Daniel, he's, the way Daniel does it, you can't tell what he's talking about. Like he'll be listening to your podcast and then he'll type in to that post about that episode. Yeah, right, Ben. And <laughs> I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that's about. But this, at least we know it's Daredevil season two, episodes five through eight. So the, and Agent Jeffrey says my uh, more notes on my rewatch of Daredevil season two. The timeline in the fifth episode was confusing. I had to rewind it and watch for the costumes to see that the three scenes in the flashbacks were all separate. Speaking of which, I really like the scene in the kitchen before the climax of the episode. Man without fear. Indeed. I've been with my wife for over a decade. and I'd be very anxious if she wanted to use my belly as a cheese board. <laughs> More Marcy, please. Yeah. <laughs> More Marcy, please. I like the chemistry she has with foggy. They seem comfortable with each other. I don't know if that is a real Indian restaurant, but if it is, I want to eat there. The copious lights make me wish that the show was more colorful. I really wish Ben Urich wasn't dead. He was one of the best characters in season one. I want him and not Karen researching Castle's past. Was Nobu Yakuza and Hand both? Seems complicated. Organized crime is treacherous. The Electra in episode six feels more correct than the thrill kill Electra from the last episode. I like when Matt uses his blindness as a feint. At least the script didn't call for the hacky. What are you blind? And then he just says, not guilty. <laughs> the espionage in the office building is fun. The heist plot is a great change of pace and has some stimulating visuals. Uh, I thought that was a box of cigars. Nope. It's fingers. Why is Karen the only one Frank will talk to? Does he trust her because she broke into his house? Karen is all about helping broken men. She did a 180 from wanting to save Grotto to Frank awfully fast. Are the Yakuza uniform standard issue? Leather jacket and skinny black tie. New wave crime at its most stylish. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Foggy's adrenaline kicked in and he delivered a great opening statement. Too bad Matt seems doomed to disappoint. Foggy is really giving Matt the what for in the men's room. Foggy is us. Those gangsters are using machine guns in midtown Manhattan. Where are the people? This is the city that never sleeps. Ninjas stick. I kind of wish more ninjas had fallen in the pit. <laughs> Spoilers. The hands poisons affect our cons- uh, consistence between this show and iron fist stick is here to kickstart some backstory with a giant exposition dump. I love how bored Stick is with Matt. Didn't we do this already is a great line. Of course, (laughs) Karen and Electra were doomed to meet. Matt can never be happy. The comics are based on his misery. Don't listen to Electra, Matt. She's crazy. The fight in the apartment reminds me of the fake movie from 30 Rock. Who dat ninja? (laughs) This episode has some very strong shuriken action. I told you, Matt, she's nuts. The Fisk reveal was one of my favorite things about this season. It certainly wasn't as powerful on the rewatch, but it really got me the first time. I wonder what message Fisk was talking about. I've forgotten. Keep up the great work, Agent Jeff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, his his response is not nearly as confusing as Daniel's. No, no, no. This was very, very clear. If you've seen the episodes, you, you pretty much know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> instead of just, <laughs> whoa. All right. I think it's time for us to rate this episode and close it down. Final verdict. All right, Samantha. uh, We need to do, we need to rate this five things out of five um, or however many things out of five. Uh, What do you think? Um, Broken sticks or... uh, 
confused jurors. Confused jurors. Sure, I think that sounds better than what I was really thinking, which was um, bottles of toilet bowl cleaner. So, <laughs> all right. So, out of five confused jurors, uh, how many? How many five? How many? How many con- confused jurors do you give this episode? I can't even say it. Confused <laughs> jurors. Confused jurors. Okay, how many confused jurors out of five do you give this episode? Uh, <laughs> or should we do twelve? Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because then we have to do uh, math and figure out. Um, oh, I could do it. I just it's just really late here, and yeah. I want to go to bed. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, I would say four out of five confused jurors. All right, and you know, I, I was going to go possibly lower with my score, but I think I am going to stick with a solid four out of five confused jurors. Um, and you know what makes it okay for us to do it out of five instead of out of twelve? The other seven jurors aren't confused. They, they, they're, they're tracking. And so we're just, we're just dealing with the five that are confused. That's what I'm going to stay. to. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it about why we can do five. But yeah, I'm going with a solid four here. I mean, this, this whole series so far has just been a flat line, but it's a good flat line. And yes. Yeah. I, I, we're, I don't think we're going to reach the heights uh, I don't know. I I wonder if we'll ever reach the heights of Daredevil season one. Because when Daredevil season one hit, it was so different. And it was so surprising how good it was. So I don't think it's going to hit those expectations, but it's consistently good. Right. I do miss the black pajamas for Daredevil, but, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to move on and he needed an, he need armor. He needed armor yes. and that's what he got. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's this episode then, Samantha, you have any um, final words before, uh, before I give my final words here? Just thank you everybody for listening and keep writing in. And I also want to thank you for listening. And um, I've been really struggling throughout this whole episode. There's this rash that I've got on my shoulder, you know. Uh, and the doctor said, don't scratch it. But I just want to. I just want to scratch it. You know, I just want to. I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm just itching. I'm itching to do it again. And you think, what? You're going to send me to a nut house? Some doctor? They're going to get me to stop me from doing what I want to do? Well, that ain't happening. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed.
hey, can we uh, talk comics for a minute? It's me, Ben, just by myself right now um, to talk about some some comic book stuff. And I know I have Comic Book Time Machine where I can talk about comic book stuff over there. And I do talk about comic book stuff over there. But here I am and I want to talk a little bit uh, about some Agent Coulson comic book goodness. Now, we haven't done any uh, Welcome to Level 7 uh, episodes recently about comic books because, well, partially because there really wasn't much call for it, not much clamor for it, partially because it makes sense if we're going to talk about comics, especially, you know, the MCU tie-in stuff. There's not a lot to talk about other than to say, here it is, and it's this adapting this movie or that movie. <laughs> I've been burned a little bit by those. Um, and it just fit better in a, a post-credit type of situation. And so that's where we are right now, a post-credit type of situation. And what's the post-credit situation here? Well, this episode, this particular episode was released on um, Sunday or will be released on Sunday. Time travel. It's all that whole time travel thing. <laughs> and on the following Wednesday, I was looking at the comic book solicitation um, information from Diamond Shipping Company. And there is a, uh, an Agent Coulson centric comic coming out on Wednesday. And I find myself in a bind I find myself with a conundrum. Um, I like reading comics about Coulson. I do. He's he's a, he, honestly one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time now. But <laughs> the comic book in question, it's a tie-in to Secret Empire, that whole big, you know, thing where Steve Rogers is a Nazi Hydra agent. He has been ever since the beginning. And there's this whole weird convoluted thing where uh, they reveal that Steve Rogers was um, mind wiped to become Hydra. But then they also reveal that he was actually before he was mind wiped to become Hydra. He was mind wiped to not be Hydra. And so original Steve Rogers was not original Steve Rogers was Hydra. And then some good guys got a hold of a cosmic cube and changed reality so that he wasn't Hydra and so that the allies could win World War II. And then a cosmic cube changed him into Hydra, not knowing they were actually changing him back into being what he originally was. Red Skull, I, I believe it was Red Skull. I haven't read this. This is all like from what I've been reading in articles. I believe it was Red Skull who did this to Steve Rogers turning him into Hydra, changing reality so he always was Hydra, not realizing that he was actually changing reality to reflect the first reality. <laughs> so anyway, all that convolution and stuff aside, there are some interesting storytelling elements that they can do. I'm not following it right now, but I might pick it up later on when it's all collected together. But Coulson is showing up, and he's taking part in all of this, and he's someone who figures out something is wrong and he has a whole issue or two in this mess where he gets to deal with the problem but it's happening in the context of a series not the main secret empire series and i don't know if i can buy this <laughs> it's deadpool now i own two comic books with the Deadpool title on them too and I bought them before I knew I hated Deadpool and the only reason I bought them was because Great Lakes Avengers were in them 
so I own them and they're my, my collection. And then I realized as I start growing this hatred for the character, oh, I own some, but it's okay. Great Lakes Avengers are in there. And so now Agent Coulson, our Agent Coulson, hashtag, we are him. He is us is in Deadpool. So the big question is, and this will be resolved by next episode, you will know the answer in the post credits of next episode. Is Ben going to buy a Deadpool comic? And then the other comic that comes out on Wednesday that I'm going to buy for sure that I don't know if I want to or not yet is man thing number four and that series has just been falling flat for me but i am giving it to the end because it's quite possible that when we get to the end of the series that i'll you know like where they went with it once i realize what they've been doing with it you know i'm giving them their chance but uh, to you know finish the story before i make judgment on it i should say I'm, i'm giving them their chance like i'm some sort of powerful thing no i'm giving them their chance in my mind you know but anyway yeah So tune in next week to find out, did Ben buy a Deadpool comic? (sighs) And I just wonder, is Daniel just giggling with glee at my discomfort right now? Daniel and I are very much on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to our appreciation for the character of Deadpool. All right, that's it. This is the cliffhanger. (laughs) And we'll find out next week. Peace and Godspeed.